because uh, I can't improve my size, is what you, is, if I remember correctly. Indeed. I can't get bigger. Well, okay. It's probably some obscure magic thing I could probably do to make me bigger, but yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, probably, yeah, yeah. it's, it's called probably. overeating. En mysterious tid. En magisk värld. En värld byggd av myter och legender. Ereb Altor. So last time, one of the things, there were a few things I was I was going to bring up last time. And one of the things that slipped through the cracks was uh, you should all boost your charisma by one point because you have reached sufficient hero point gain to, I guess, improve your confidence Something like that. The universe likes us better now. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so any any improvements you want to do before uh, what is potentially a perilous adventure in the mountains, you should think about doing them now. I got five hero points. I hate to say this, I think they're better used modifying die rolls right now than improving anything. I did get my danger sense, so my empathy... Should we make a note of that? Remember, I have empathy. I can note the state of minds around me. Yes. Unless they're blocked magically. Uh, but if you have any like bonus experience points left over or... 13 bonus experience, I'd probably better figure out something. It's kind of a large pool to be sitting on. Yep, that could be useful. <laughs> I'll improve my bluff. Raise it to five. All right, I think I've spent all I can. They've just used five on short bow. I guess I could improve sneak to 16 and use all the remaining bonus experience. Everybody happy then? I'll increase the side of 13. That'll raise instinct one. Yes. All right. See, last time you came, you returned to... No, you were already in, in Torsberg and you investigated the strange death of uh, the uh, former head priest. Head priest at the time before his death. And discovered uh, the, the the murderous uh, sorceress who had uh, uh, pushed him from the wall. What else? You um, got uh, some copies of records, uh, which the new head priest had copied down for you, uh, describing the discovery of a well, potential possible temple or sanctuary for members of a cult of Koshem in the Dark God's most demonic form or, or least generous, least, you know, civilized, if you will, uh, incarnation. From the folks who live off to the East, the Eastern Empire or whatever heck it is. Possibly, possibly. This was old, old stuff, though. So uh, the discovery was like centuries and centuries ago. So th these were some old records that um, the priest had remembered that, oh, wait, wait a minute, isn't that, wasn't that in this sort of in the same area? Yeah, it was. Someone had a vision of the demon demon head headed door, room, cave, whatever? Nope. Yeah, I believe uh, Sigmund used vision to see the owner of the earring that, uh, was it you who found it? I think you rolled a... Yes. That belonged to a... a an unnaturally beautiful uh, sorceress who had somewhat the appearance of a person from that easterly land. Oh, yeah, and it was in in some sort of presumably cavern room, witch's den, sort of, a little indistinct, but something like that. 
I guess Cassian's staying back because he's still not feeling well. The last thing you did was essentially uh, pick up some things and, and array yourselves for journeying. I think you intended to leave the same day, right? Yeah, it was midday, and we were hoping to get about to the tip of the cultivated area there to the north, probably. I think you are you you're getting yourselves ready to leave, and um, uh, you find Castian in conversation outside, maybe the widow's house, right? Um, in conversation with some elves, which is a bit odd. Um, this is the first time you've seen any elves other than Castian in in your journey here. They have this. Uh, this whole kingdom, officially unofficial, unofficially official king, uh, whatever. They have a kingdom in the in the woods in the south, and uh, yeah, uh, they look uh, like they have some great concerns to talk about. And he simply says to you that uh, he's been invited to uh, uh, talk with an elder. It may take some time. It's it's um, not something he's going to be able to talk with outsiders about yet. So if he can make it, uh, he'll try to catch up with you. Otherwise, he'll see you when you're back. And they that little entourage sort of goes goes off, heads south. So let's get on our way. We got a long way to go. Yep. So uh, once you're outside of the city gates, you notice that um, that a, that annoying dude who quit being a city guard last time is apparently waiting for you outside the gates. He has a helmet under his arm. Uh, he's wearing a male shirt. He has a like a small shield, some sort of saber at his hip. He has a kind of um, like he. It's like he's been practicing the heroic pose. So you'll notice him when you walk out the gate, right? Ignore him completely. <laughs> <laughs> he makes that that like, oh, oh, you were here. Like, oh, I didn't see you there, but then you can right and go past. So then he has to like. <laughs> he has to hustle. So he starts uh, uh, chatting you up as you uh, as you're marching north. He goes, "Hi, hey, uh, 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 we sorry, we have we have no time for whatever you're selling. We're off on a on a mission. You can find us when you get back. Good day." S- selling? No, no, not, not, I'm not. Se- where's the elf? <laughs> uh, you can go find him. He's uh, back in town. <laughs> Anyone can give me a persuasion roll uh, to get rid of this guy. No, I'll try. No, you, you. I'm not sure you're paying attention to what he's saying, but but it seems that he resolves to stay stay with you in case the elf comes back, and so he sort of takes up a fourth position <laughs> at the back, like he belongs there. I'll, I'll lean over to Zygmunt and say he's got good armor, so we let him go in the cave first, right? He's got a nice sword too. He's got a helmet. Not that I know how to use a sword. You can still sell it. Uh, maybe causes more problems. Not stop him walking where he wants to walk, but it should know that if he makes too much noise, there are many things out there that even we might not be able to protect him from. He needs to be ready to protect himself. He hollers from behind you like, I can hear you talking about me. It was inevitable, really. And so on. It was necessary for you to hear it. I'll lean and whisper to Zygmunt. So, Zygmunt, you know any sleeping potions or sleeping herbs? If necessary. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I should probably tell you, Eskel, you don't get any, like, uh, squirrely double meaning intent here. This guy's a little too simple for for 
No, I'm I'm getting basically the happy puppy dog chasing after chasing after the bigger dogs. Yeah. Downside of having a better charisma. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any kind of intent to get rid of this guy on the way up? Because otherwise, I'm inclined to just put you somewhere in the mountains and let's see how you orientate. I kind of don't care either way, but you know, if it's two to one. Do do we need some comic relief for our story here? Pack mule. <laughs> Yeah, he could be cannon fodder. Sure, why not? Let's cut ahead. To... All right, okay. So uh, he he can't. It tends to drop uh, behind. Let's see. Yeah, you all have obnoxiously high constitution. Uh, he tends to drop behind all of you, like uh, pretty quickly. Um, he's still with you, but you know, as you get up into the mountains, you know, he he's farther and farther behind. But he eventually makes it to whatever camp you make. Makes a big deal out of. You know, that uh, it's, it's so nice and bracing to be out here. <sighs> All that. Yeah, we'll probably have to pick up the pace here uh, pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Going will be harder the further up we go. He, he blows that off like, like, oh, yes, of course. I, I've been through worse, <laughs> traversing the continent all the way from the island kingdoms. <laughs> no, it's really bad when they start throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> So it takes you uh, about the rest of the day to get up to the, the crossroads from where you can reach the mountain temple the next day. Uh, so you, you stay at a farmhouse, you go up to the uh, temple, and you start going through the records, describing some of the landmarks uh, in the area. Um, I thought everything the, was burnt there. Yeah, yeah but the, the acolyte who discovered um, this temple, right, uh, he came originally from... He was traveling back to this mountain temple from from up north. So uh, starting from there is the easiest way to to work your way back through the chronicle, so to speak, to to find this um, to aid in finding this uh, potential site. And you also, I believe, have uh, Sigmund's strong indication of where this uh, sorceress is, and she hasn't moved. Well, she hadn't moved within the the duration of the spell. When you left Horsburg, anyway. So can I use my search to help find this trail? Uh, it'd be more orienteering. You, it's possible you have orienteering, too. I do, if you'll give me the details. Oh, cool. So uh, you cross-referencing the, the records, uh, you spend um, another, most of another day hiking through the mountains up and down you know, up and down, down through the valleys. Uh, it's uh, windy. It's much colder up here, uh, misty. You end up kind of going through various lesser traversed um, valleys and, and places in order to follow the the landmarks. At about mid-afternoon, day two, uh, you find a sort of expansive, a kind of expansive valley, sort of like the the third bottom picture there and uh, in the northern uh, there's a there's a essentially like a wall of a mountain rising up and in that area you see uh, there's a half obscured uh, little like crack in the mountain wall obscured by um, uh, some low 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 trees and bushes you, you're pretty sure you found the location at least insofar as uh, it was described Maybe one of you can check to see if anybody, signs of anybody else being around here recently. I'll search around the mouth of this crack. I'll aid as much as I can if that's possible. 
Hmm. Do you have track? I do. I have five. I also have track. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a basic skill, right? Uh, fifteen, I think. Yeah, you can all roll, and we can take the best uh, best result from ac- across the array. Not me. Not Yana. So we all fail. Eleven, nineteen, and fourteen. You you do think there's been some traffic, but it's kind of indistinct. Uh, it's possible that uh, the shifting weather up here, you know, ends up obscuring or washing away tracks, that kind of thing. Oh, what about Tagalong? Does he have track? Oh, uh, what do you do? You tell him like, hey, look for. <laughs> Does he have a name? I don't remember what his name oh, was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, you've probably asked at some point, which, at which point he's uh, explained that he, he just, he goes by the modest title of uh, name of Jorlax out, out here in the sticks, right? But he is from a very important family, of course, out, out west, uh, among whom he is, uh, he's known as Jorlaxos Damoxi. He is the son, possibly illegitimate, uh, son of a great Tracorian hero, you understand. Um, I thought you were from the islands. Yeah, yeah. I think it's possibly farther than you've been. Uh, Jor, help us check around here. Shouldn't we? Yeah. Uh, what are we doing? We're making. We're seeing if anyone's been through here recently. Oh, you mean looking for? Yes, of course, looking for tracks. I knew that. Well, I'll have you know, I was I was once part of the scouting corps on Paratorna. Let's see how well he does. Was that was that Ada a success? He looks around. He's, he he. Uh, Makes some sort of. He looks very serious, uh, like he he knows what he's doing. Uh, and then he looks at all of you and he says, um, uh, "I don't think anyone's been here for quite a time, quite a while." Yeah, I got a feeling he didn't see anything, right? It's probably less heavily trafficked than Paratorn. You you get the distinct feeling he wants to impress you. Ah, uh, so if he found something, he would told us. Okay. I guess it must be less heavily trafficked than. Paratorno. Oh, oh, quite. Yes, I'm uh, principal island. You understand. Uh, seat seat mm. of uh, seat of power. A- anyway, should we proceed? Like he nods to the like the cavern entrance. Now I've got the demon detecting stuff from. Oh yeah. What's his name? Uh, Arnod. Yes. You know, one of the things that I would have been doing during this trip when we stopped arrested tinkering with it's so like have an idea how I think I might be able to use it. Sure. You might, you might even have used vision to figure out uh, yeah. exactly like look into the look into uh, how it is used. That's a possibility I think with the spell. Yeah. yeah. So sure. You can, you can take out the, there was a little like triangular house looking pendulum thing. So let's see if I can use that to try to detect any demons. Okay, so you, you take it out, you uh, follow the instructions <laughs> as you have spied. It doesn't seem to indicate any particular direction, at least not right now. The range, I figured, was not... No, uh, it, it's, it's not terribly far. You know, you would, you would guess it's uh, at least, you know, something like 100 feet, for sure. Okay, well, it doesn't look like there are any... Demon's about to pounce on us if we step through the threshold here. Un- unlimber my scutum, you know, hook it up, unlimber my Morningstar, then look at uh, Jorlak and then say, well, lead on. Show us how, how show us your expertise. Oh, uh, all right. Watch this. 
he he puts a hand on his uh, on his hip and then he holds out his hand like a you know a power metal singer holding an invisible orange and then he snaps his fingers and a a candle flame uh leaps up from his thumb and he looks very pleased with himself very useful i could use that when i was lighting my pipe last night <laughs> uh does it stay lit when you're holding your sword why uh, i am i am ambidextrous don't you know uh, i i'm quite capable of doing both onwards uh and he he you know, steps into the crack i'll fall behind him because yeah you you want to be tailing charlie I'm going to keep at least 25 feet from Jorlax. I want to be far away when the trap hits. <laughs> Can you see that? If you scroll down, and this isn't for, this isn't for like dungeoneering purposes so much as a, a helpful, like, okay, you know where things are in relation to each other. So yeah, you, you go into the crack uh, and into the, the tunnel. You go in maybe 15 meters, something like that. In the dimness, you see what appears to be a door. And the door has, just as the records describe, a it's a, it's a kind of a large, imposing bronze door. And the center of the bronze door is has a like grinning demon face on it. And Jorlax is like, uh, he's holding up his thumb with a little candle, <laughs> like looking at it. Very cheery. Give it a return smile. Well, I, I, this looks promising. Examine it. Uh, if I can spot anything like you know magic runes or something that uh, they'll explode if we touch it, or if there's some lore about this particular demon face that's useful. Uh, you think it's pretty... Uh, no, nothing springs to mind, I think. Uh, it seems to be more like an art thing. But you could see how it might scared the bejeebers out of a young acolyte who's been told all kinds of horrible things about uh, Weggles' uh, antitheses. So is this supposed to be Rose's emotion? Uh, Koshem. You don't think, think well, at least uh, you, uh, you can always theorize or conjecture, but uh, it's not something that Sigmund would think. Uh, there appears to be like a, like a ring uh, that you pull to open it, but if, there's also a lock, like a hole for a, for a key. Not me. You'd better take a look at that. Be my guest. What do we do a search on this? Uh, with the intent of... The intent of maybe determining before I pull on the ring if it is locked or if there's any kind of other mechanism associated with i.e. a trap associated with the lock. Sure. Search away. Oh, seven. Not quite. It's difficult to tell. Uh, it's probably pretty heavy. Um, so the only real ability you would have to see whether it's locked would be to push or pull, right? Other than that, the rest of the, the, the cavern, so to speak, the, the entrance is, is pretty bare bones, right? There's nothing really jumping out at you like a like a, oh there's a hidden compartment here or a murder hole above you or something like that I'd to see such a city thing out here yeah how how big is this door it's like uh, what you would expect from a small temple building a smaller temple building in a, in a in a large town two meters across a meter across yeah you could probably march in two abreast no problem if if it opened fully 
uh, uh, hang up my uh, morning star, put my scooter on my back, and go, okay, Yana, cover me. I'll grab the ring and pull. Yeah, the door is very locked. Look at Zygmunt. Do you? And I make like a little key gesture with my finger. Yeah, I don't have a key. <laughs> Yana? Raise an eyebrow. Well, if a person carrying a key were to walk by and it was crowded enough, I might be able to get it off them, but... No, 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 no. This is not a key. This is a lockpick. Oh, I have a lockpick. I think all three of us turn and look at Jor. <laughs> you want to borrow one? No. Are you good with it? Got them. He must have had some practice in using them. <laughs> now, yeah, I I resent that. I'm I'm not a common common robber. Uh, it's just that in certain times it can be useful to to get into things if you lose your keys. Exactly, and this is one of those times. So demonstrate for us. You were on the guard on the city watch, so you had to sometimes get into places that were locked, and you didn't want to break the door. So, yes, you have a lockpick. Esco, you have me pegged exactly. I think we're going to become fast friends. Uh, he sticks the lock in the key into the lock and <laughs> swiftly breaks it off. Swiftly breaks it <laughs> off in the lock, and he's like, "Darn it! Ah." Uh, well, I t- clearly this door is cursed. It must be the demon stopping us from entering. Perhaps if we bang loudly on the door. Do you have any spells to make yourself incorporeal or, or walk through the door like a ghost? Alas, uh, the great masters of, of, uh, of Safina, they, uh, they did not know that spell. I suppose you would have to be very, very inner circle to get taught it either. <laughs> are you are are you are provoking him now? <laughs> There's a tightness in his uh, jaw, and then he he thinks very hard for half a second, and he says, uh, "Oh, uh, all of these sort of temple buildings uh, usually have a back way in, don't they? We should go look around. I mean, at least there would be a privy pipe." I hold a finger up and say, first, we got to do one thing before we leave, just in case someone comes back. You got to get your broken pick out of the lock. Do you have very fine tongs? Sigmund, you work with herbs. Do you have fine, um... <laughs> you know, Esco, perhaps it is better that, that the lock is broken and they cannot get out. This way, at least. Yes. Wouldn't it be funny if they had to use the privy pipe to get out? I'm a person who has some training in leatherworking and pickpocketing. I might be able to work a broken piece of metal loose. Maybe I can try to pull it out. All right. Uh, you, you work the uh, you work the the faulty pick loose, and I shall go look for an alternative entrance. Starts. He, he walks out. <laughs> well, which of us is going to go with him? Looking at Eskel. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing too. I follow after him. <laughs> so I follow I, I come with him out. We probably want to see what's to the west of the entrance. Yeah, he was totally going the other way, but you know, you you like grab his shoulders like, ah, we should probably go this way. Yana, give me a dex roll, but I mean how how much time are you willing to invest in in getting the the broken pick out of the lock, like five minutes to let my eyes adjust to the darkness if necessary, and oh, they you, you lit a, a lantern. That's fine. Five to ten 
minutes of trying to be careful and not break this thing into more pieces. What? What's your dicks? Thirteen. One, three. Eleven or less. All right. Unfortunately, it's really, really stuck in there. So you take, you know, the full ten minutes. My fingers are too big. All right. So uh, let's go scout. Okay. Uh, so meanwhile, the two of you have been doing some searching. Let me do a search roll then, or? <laughs> I'm loving this guy. Well, let me give it a try. I'll do some searching. Nope. We're thrashing around in the bushes and looking up in cr- cracks and ravines and not finding anything. All right. He goes off into this area here. Like a, you see, uh, You see him sort of looking around in confusion and then like... A black-robed figure steps half out from from the greenery and the and the the bushes, grabs him around the neck, like in a in a uh, grabs his throat in a, in the vice between his forearm and, and upper arm, and like pulls him into the. And Jorlax is just ah! goes into the bushes. Jorlax, mate, yeah, morning star out, and you know I'm gonna run into those bushes. Uh, you see uh, the the robed figure. You see Jorlax, who's been you know sprawled uh, on the on the ground in inside of the, the thicket, and uh, you see what seems to be like a freshly dug uh, latrine pit, and uh, this like robed guy who's looking up at, up at you with like oh crap, and he reaches for a uh, short sword which he has belted at his waist. I got the drop on because I have my my morning star out. Yeah, so. Initiative, D10 plus uh, your dex. Oh, yeah, you're faster. <laughs> Much faster. And take a swing at him. I'm inning for center of mass. Think, think of like combat situations where you're not trying to hit a particular body part as uh, this is you jostling, positioning, trying not to get hit, and trying to position yourself in a way that you can deliver a strike, right? Wherever the opportunity presents itself, right? Make your clobbering roll. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Uh, success. So, so, like, he's, like, last minute realizes he's about to step right into into your Morningstar swing. So he, like, ducks as hard as he can, which means he doesn't have the opportunity to yank his sword out this round. So we can do another round, and then we can go to the, the others, see what they're doing. You start. Well, I'm not going to give him a chance to pull his dang sword out. That's for dang sure. You want to clobber him again? Yeah. Success. Perfect. He fails, so you you connect. Uh, give me a d20. 17. Ah, uh, okay, so you smash him in the skull. Oh, <laughs> that, that's still good. Nine points. What are their total? Yeah, you, you, you completely cave in his poor head. Uh, it's just completely cracked. Uh, he falls dead to the ground. And Jorlax is like, <coughs> ugh. Oh, a sneaky bastard. And this is about the time when the the two of you, the remaining, the other two, you come out of the cave and you, you could hear the, the shouts. Looking down at at the guy, and I look at his cloak, and I look at Jerlak, and I look at the cloak, and I look at Jerlak, and I smile. I think it's the same size, Jerlak. Put it on. Oh, that's, that's not a bad idea. In, infiltration. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> so he starts sort of disentangling the cloak from the brain matter and all the other horrible stuff that's leaking out of this poor person's skull. It's like, he shakes it a bit. 
What's he dressed in? Other than that, he appears to be dressed in like he has some some shorter uh, trousers. He has some sandals on, and he has like a long sleeved tunic, and that's it. Maybe like a, a money money purse and a uh, yoink. And maybe as a like a, a a very small like knife. Can we see if this guy came from another entrance here, looking around? Yeah, that would that would follow. If you, uh, I mean, now you have fresh tracks too, because uh, now you see him, you see the pit. You can see some tracks that lead off. Going east along the uh, mountainside, you find a second entrance, smaller than the first. Um, appears to be almost half uh, buried in debris, like, uh, like it's half caved in a couple of times. But it does lead into the mountain. And this is where his tracks come from. Carefully camouflaged. It looks like it's a like there's nothing there. Yep. Resume our our marching order and head in. Oh, so so Jorlax first. Yeah. <laughs> he's, okay. he's dressed in the club. Fantas- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So he he puts that on, and then he uh, goes inside. Yeah. Now I pull my scooter out. So you walk up uh, into the tunnel. It it proceeds for. Uh, almost uh, almost 100 feet into the mountain, and it ends at a door, which you think is a door, and it looks, it's like a flat stone surface. Now, we would have searched the body and looked for any keys or anything like that. Yeah, he didn't have any on him. How much money did I get? Uh, roll me 2d6 silver. Oh, not much. Well, they aren't paying too badly. I mean, that's about <laughs> as much money as you had to begin with. <laughs> so, uh, you you see, like, at the very end of the tunnel, there's this large square stone flat surface with clear... You can clearly see there's meant to be a door. Oh, actually, in the middle of the door, there's a there's an iron ring. Although I don't know why it would be in the middle of the door, considering how it's designed, but there you go. <laughs> Give it a pull, Jorlax. <laughs> oh, okay. He does. Uh, and it shifts. And opens up. It opens up into a room, uh, a small room which appears to be maybe a small cell or, or guest room or something that you can see, like a, a dinky little bed, uh, a little table, a trivet, a uh, wooden chest. Uh, it's dusty. Smells like you know the linens haven't been washed in a long ass time. There's probably a, a Scuff marks in the dust on the floor going to the, the door, uh, the one door. Too bad. With its own escape route, it would be almost a luxurious quarters. Putting the old ear up to the door and listening. Cool. Make uh, make a listen roll. Nine. You know what? This time I am spending a, a hero point. I want to hear what's on the other side of the thing. You hear dead calm. There's nothing. I don't hear anything on the other side of the door. That's good. I hope. So I motion you f- motion for you to try it. Actually, I motioned George. I motioned the George to try it because he's still in the cloak. Oh, okay. Uh, so he he tries it. He's like, uh, he, he he does the the ash evil dead thing. He just slowly for it and then yanks at it, uh, and um, it appears to be open. And it opens up into uh, a corridor. And the corridor has been, it appears to be carbon stone. It's just barely wide enough for two people to stand abreast. Not very um, spacious uh, above your heads. And it appears to have been painted 
a white color once upon a time. Uh, it looks a bit faded now. Is our light the only light sources we can see? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's very dim in here. Do you go out into the, the corridor? Jorlek goes first into the corridor, and then we, and I'll fall behind him. So you can see about this far up north. Uh, so there are two more doors to the north. Another one in the same wall, right, where you came out from, and one in the opposite uh, of the corridor. And it makes a left-hand turn, no, right-hand turn, no, for my, it makes an eastward turn. It appears to be more like a fancy doorway rather than a, like another corridor. Does it dead end up there? Uh, you can't see that far. It's dark. I think this is where it'd be a good time for me to scry on her location. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll tap uh, Jerlak on the shoulder and point down one way, and I'll turn around and face the other way, just in case someone comes along and we won't get surprised. Success. Eleven. All right. You get a distinct uh, impression that she is she's maybe... A hundred meters away from you? Slightly below you? hundred meters below any direction? North, east? Probably north, northeast. North, northeast. Okay. Relay that to everybody else and say, I think we need to go north. Right. Do you, do you just pass by the, the door, um, the first door to the left? It looks, it looks identical, essentially, to uh, the door you just came through. And these are like wooden doors. They look old but um, pretty solid still. You know, I'll put my ear up to it and listen. Oh, it's dead quiet. So this is the more fancier door right here, you said? Yes. So the the one on the right further up north, uh, it, there's a kind of a, I wouldn't say that it's decorated, but there's it's a like a private alcove, essentially. A little alcove and then a door. And the door is a little fancier. And now that you're up there, you can see that there are another two doors and you can see that there's an intersection up up north. I guess when we look down the one corridor we go past. No, that's the fancier door. That's the fancier door, okay. It's a fancy doorway. Uh, it's a little alcove with a, with a door. Yeah, again, listen. What would you hear? What did you roll for on your listen? I had to spend a hero point last time, so I do I have to roll again to listen? No, 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 no. Uh, we'll, we'll stick with that. We'll borrow a burning wheel rule. You think maybe... You can hear the the quiet sobs of a woman. I'll whisper that to the others. There's a woman in there crying. Then I make that face. Do we? Jorlex is clearly like gesticulating for you. Like, hey, what are you waiting for? Let's let's go be heroes. <laughs> <laughs> can I actually f- feel her emotions through the door? She's not in your presence. If it is a woman, I think we need to make sure we clear things out behind us not have anybody flanking us. So if there might be something here, we should check it. I'll put the scooter on my back, uh, but uh, Morningstar is staying in hand. Looking at Drek, does the, the robes he have, do they like have a hood that he can pull up to kind of... Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he has pulled up the hood and everything. He could go and open the door and get the reaction first so they can see whether... Sure, yeah. We'll step aside so we're around the corner so we're not in in sight okay he reaches down and does the same thing with the door as the previous door and steps inside a few heartbeats go by and then a cold commanding voice says what are you doing in here i have not asked for any 
audience with anyone. And then you hear like sniffing and you hear, wait a minute. And then you hear like Jorlax clearly like drawing his saber. Grabbing my scooter, which is by my side, and put it up and go, um. On knock. No, is the door still open? Uh, yeah. You, you want to rush in after? <laughs> I hear him putting a saber. I'm running in after him. Scoot him in one arm and Morningstar in the other. So you see a uh, fairly well-accoutred for being like a cave uh, carving out of a mountain. There's a, a fine table with a bottle of wine uh, and, and like a crystal uh, cup. Uh, there are two doors straight opposite, which are small enough that you can intuit that they're probably storage rooms. Up in the north north uh, west corner that you just you spy in the corner of your eye, there's an open casket, like an open you know grave casket. Jorlax is standing in the middle of the room, and in uh, the corner next to uh, the southern storage room, there's a tall man, uh, very pale. Uh, face, dead dark eyes in a in a black cloak. Looking at him, and he is racing what looks like a carven femur, human femur, um, and pointing it at Jorlax. Uh, I'm going to swing at the femur. <laughs> okay. Let's say uh, you can attempt to disarm, even if you don't have the skill. So, what's your dex? My dex is ten. So roll me two or less. Okay, two or less. Ha ha. <laughs> roll, roll again. Oh, for those at home, I rolled one. Yes, if you roll two, two, two or, less or less again, then it's a perfect success. No, still a success, right? Write down a skill disarm and put one experience point in it. You dash past, you smash the femur out of this uh, man's hand. A Jorlax has barely like <laughs> decided whether or not he 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 will dare attack the sorcerer question mark and like smack sh- and the femur goes flying. Uh, I think we should probably do initiative. One d ten plus dex. That's right. Yes. <laughs> there you go Yana. Save us. <laughs> we all wrote twelve. <laughs> oh, Yana. Yana wrote twenty one. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Uh, Fifteen. Okay. And what and what does Jorl roll? You know, he is a dexterous fucker, so that's something. Oh wow. Okay. So he goes first. So obviously he doesn't want to be worse than you. So he just flatly decides to yep, I'm gonna decapitate this this uh this dude and really impress these guys. Yeah, I'm not gonna be one upped by by Mr. Halfwork. So he takes a swing and the the Wizard question mark takes a swift little sidestep and narrowly evades being beheaded. Jorlax crashes into the uh, the uh, storage room door, sort of inelegantly, and uh, we're at Yana. Does Yana want to do? You're, you're not yet in the room, right? Get to the doorway and take a knee. Okay, that means you're probably going to block uh, Sigmund if Sigmund you wants to do something. Uh, I should have mentioned this earlier. Um, among the records, uh, Flanso also gave you the uh, personal holy symbol of Wegel belonging to Gorse. So uh, that would have been among the yeah the records. Uh, are are you in possession of this, Sigmund? I expect so. Yeah. Uh, are you wearing it? In fact, probably. Okay. Cool. Did you study it perchance on the way up? Of course. 
All right. Okay. So you know that it has some magical protective uh, capabilities. Uh, it should offer you two points extra protection uh, from damage. And if you are willing to uh, <laughs> humble yourself before Weggle in a sort of prayer while holding this uh, the symbol, uh, you could affect an effect which would make it difficult for people to attack you. You would appear more grand and uh, low-grade divine, right? So it would be difficult for people to, to countenance the idea of attacking you. Okay. That would cost you a psychic power point, though, to activate. But it would, it would stick for about an hour, just so you're aware. Okay. So, Yana, as long as I can see in there, I'm not, not going to rush in and, you know, get in a wrestling match with this guy. Okay, so so me taking a knee so that you can see past me is fine. fine. We'll set an aim up. So take a knee, aim carefully. So tall, pale, and ugly. Yeah, he spits out something like insolent fools, and um, he attempts to seize. I think you seem more more dangerous, Mister um, Mister Half Orc. He attempts to seize you by the throat. See how that goes. I have my scutum, which I can just shove up in front of me to block him. Yeah, it's it's sort of per per automatic defend yourself uh, mode. Do I have to roll for that or? No, 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 no. Uh, you are you are all assumed to k- continually be positioning and trying to not be struck, grabbed, uh, etc. It's just like if if you end up having a successful strike made against you, you can always sacrifice your action. To make a uh, last ditch instinct, like oh, I can I can feel where that blow is going to head, so I'm not going to be there, kind of deal. All right, so he missed then. You 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 raise your your scutum or something, so he doesn't. His hand goes past you, right? Sigmund, you want go? You want to go first? While I got him distracted. How big is he in mechanical size terms? Uh, twelve. Pretty skinny. So I gotta have a, a level four to lift him. I will give it a try. <laughs> this is where the game turns into Mass Effect. <laughs> Lift. <laughs> Ooh. Ah, okay. Would you like to spend anything? Yeah, I don't like this guy. So we'll spend a hero point to, to lift him. Pinata time. That's the idea. Was your skill of 11, right? Or did you erase it? The skill in the, the spell is 11, yeah. He's uh, suddenly uh, lifted into the air, and you have like air control of this guy for 10 minutes, 10, 11 minutes, thereabouts. Lift him up and spin him around so he's facing the wall. <laughs> so you can stab him in the back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I make him upside down, too, just for fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, I swing. Uh, so he's jostling around, but he's still... Oh, oh yeah! So that would be an 11-point hit. Uh, give me a d20. Come on, 17. Actually, what, what's ahead again? Yeah, 17 to 20, and yeah, but now he's upside down, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's 12. He hit an arm, and you are pretty sure that that blow should completely demolish uh, a normal man's arm, and especially his reedy arm should just like bend like like a twig. But he sort of bounces in on himself. He kind of folds in on himself and sort of half spins in the air. Just a little, because Sigmund still has control. He shouts indignantly and starts to... Well, we'll get to that next next uh, next round. So Jorlax, uh, you know, sees the, the glory of what you've done. And... <laughs> 
rushes forth uh, and attempts to stab the the bastard. And somehow, somehow, despite this guy's you know complete and utter not being in control here, uh, Jorlax just like swishes past like a hair's width uh, away from this guy's midsection. Like it maybe gets some robe, like some some black cloak. <laughs> like ah, starts waving it around. Now this. Uh, person who now that you've turned him around like and the cloak is kind of flailing and falling uh you see that he's not wearing much other than like underneath and he's all deathly pale skinny uh he has all these like bluish veins crawling all over him his uh nails look very like dark and dead and is the first impression you get before he starts to swiftly kind of morph between like he goes into like a half man, half wolf shape, half bat shape, uh, and it's just like this s- swirling chaos of a of a being that seems to have no permanence and no like uh, defined uh, limits or anything like that. Now, if he were to switch into a bat shape, he would have a bat size. Yeah, so he's not shifting into like a bat. Uh, he's kind of shifting between. He's not one shape and then another shape. He's sort of in between human, wolf, bat, something else, and something else, uh, difficult to tell what, and sort of constantly shifting. Why don't you all make a psychic power roll? This is so very not natural. And while you have some familiarity with like, magical stuff, this is like, uh... Success. Fantastic. No success. Okay. Uh, Yana? Okay. So Sigmund and... And how about Jor? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> course he succeeds that's that's a surprise <laughs> we have bloodlust we got bloodlust going on we don't care <laughs> i think he's just too distracted by his failure um in awe of his own incompetence with my own with my sorcery nine would i recognize this guy for a vampire uh nope you have no idea about different undead i do you do yes yeah, this this could certainly be within the realm of possibility, uh, but you haven't seen the coffin, the casket or coffin in the room. But what he's doing is is uh, either a demon, it's either a demon or possibly a, like a vampire type undead. Roll me a d10, d20 plus 10, minus your psychic power. Me? Oh, both you and Yana, actually. Both you and Yana. Yes, low, low XM is good. <laughs> yes, low, low, is, low is fantastic. Okay, so uh, roll me 1d4, Sigmund. Oh, you are frozen in fear for... And Yana... Oh, dear. You faint dead away. 2d8, please. Was that his action, or was that some kind of environmental event? Okay. What was his initiative? Because my initiative was 21. Oh, you were right. You're right. So you you should go for it. Do your thing for it. Uh, I think I mixed up you and the two of yours. Um, Seeing his resilience, I was... Originally, I was just going to do center of mass, just do a regular attack roll. Seeing that his resilience, when he was hit in the arm, I'm going to try a heart shot. Excellent. The aiming, what, it negates what otherwise would have been a penalty for making a call shot. So I'm just making a regular attack on this. Precisely. It'll hit the chest. Oh, yeah, I'm spending the hero point. So it's a success. You hit him, hit him where you wanted to, um, and 
it's you you time it so that it's somewhere where he's man actually he hasn't started yet right uh so you hit him in the chest and he goes into doing that right around the time when you hit so you you hit him in the chest and he goes into the the swissly swisty swishy swirly uh, in between shapes and then uh, yeah it's over almost as soon as it starts and then he kind of goes limp in the in the spell and now you can you can uh, suffer your whatever it is you 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 faint that away <laughs> i don't roll the thing i just go under uh yes uh 2d8 rounds if it matters we'll see under a minute yeah it's not too bad so it's gone limp yeah he's not doing anything is he still being held up in the air yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the spell is still in effect it, uh, sigmund is just uh kind of momentarily paralyzed by what he's seeing right but the spell is still active it hasn't stopped so keep thwacking him <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I'll line up a shot for his head, and you know, and whack his head. Yeah, considering he's not no longer moving around, uh, and you can take your time, uh, you give his skull a, a few good cracks, and it just won't break. You make a few indents with the, with the spiky parts of the Morning Star, and you see them just close slowly. Ha! Huh. And, you know, uh, Yorlax is stabbing him vigorously in the back several times. And when can I come out of this? About now. <laughs> then, you know, can I offer them reasonable way like, understanding what's going on here and the way to deal with him? Yes. So make a rule for both undead and demons. Actually, screw that. Just just do the undead. Success. Yes, a four. All things considered that you've seen now horrific as they have been this is surely uh some form of vampire uh and especially since you now have like a wooden shaft stuck in his heart which is has paralyzed it there there's going to be no way for you to deal with this other than either leaving him as he as he, he is or applying silver or a holy symbol directly to i happen to have a holy symbol you do uh but you do remember some awful stories about you know it doesn't destroy the vampire outright it rather turns them into like this immaterial dust or mist uh and then it will slowly reform it may be best to just leave him with the arrow and just be able to do anything well make sure that arrow's in good and then we break it off at either side so no one can pull it out easily and i'll uh, take a silver piece and jam it in his mouth just in case you know <laughs> <laughs> Gently pat Yana's face to wake, wake her up. Wake up, Yana, wake up. And do we hear that sobbing still? Because I have a feeling that there's, there's lunch in one of those rooms. I th- actually, I think it's quieted down. Uh, we'll check, uh, open up door A. Anyone in there? Uh, a appears to be just random crap. B, however, has a dirty, disheveled uh, woman uh, in her undergarments. Looks like she might be... Uh, Local or one of the forest barbarians uh, from the region. We're here to help you. Um, Jor, get that cloak off. Uh, we'll offer her the cloak. So she kind of steps out very ging- gingerly and, and, and tentatively, like she's not sure what to think. But she, I mean, she, do you, what do you do, Sigmund, with the, the vampire? Do you, do you uh, leave him on the floor? Do you, what do you do? Yeah, lay him on the floor. Okay. And, and put a silver coin in his mouth. Okay. Yeah. 
It sizzles nicely. Good. <laughs> the, the woman sort of derives off her face a little. Um, she's a bit dirty, and she looks around at you, and she says, "Are, are you? What, what, you're not with the the cult." The priests of Weigel sent us to investigate what's going on here. I'll show her the holy symbol. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a mission from God. <laughs> we see we see this awesome little shot of of the symbol glinting in the in the lantern light, and it's like this uh, this square silver square with a like a carven relief of a spear like a classical era classical period spear radiating light and the bottom like uh lizard killer spike is transfixing a, a snake and the snake is biting vainly at the at the spear haft at the bottom right so it's very like um oh the spear wiggle <laughs> conquering everything she says well well thank 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 wiggle then uh i i i have to get out of here what can you tell us about the how many residents and monsters are there here? Not not many. I, I don't I don't think the cult uh, is very numerous, very strong. I've seen maybe a dozen servants, maybe a dozen more uh, visitors, and of course the vampires. How many vampires? I've seen two, like him, and she points to him and another one. Oh, by the way, I'm grabbing the body. I'm dragging into closet B. So it's not visible in case someone comes along wandering around. My um, my things are in the other room. She goes for the other storage room. I want to have a a look at her, like make sure that I don't think you know she's gonna turn into a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> she's dirty and uh, she looks tired, but she doesn't look like she has any bite marks or anything like that on her. Okay, and she looks like healthy enough. She could get out of here on her own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was probably saving her for t- tonight, maybe. Yeah, a little snack. Definitely get her to room six so she can get out. Uh, I guess I'll uh, look over this room. What else is here? Like the, the, There's a coffin, right? Right. So the coffin is open, uh, and the bottom is covered with dirt. There's a, a fine table, uh, some comfortable uh, chairs. Uh, like I said, there's a crystal goblet on the table. And oddly enough, for this vampire, there's also a bottle of wine. <laughs> wine, with air quotes around. I tell her, uh, turn around, miss, and I walk over the coffin, lift up my lift up my kilt, and I defile the coffin. I'm about taking the dirt and scattering it somewhere. But... Yeah, let's tip it over and dump out the dirt. Sweep it under the rug and close the coffin so that maybe looks like he's sleeping in it. Okay, so you, you destroy his, his resting place. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, so you, you want to escort um, the woman... Uh, she calls herself Bothild, um, Red Top. Is she a redhead? No, she's not. Heavens knows what why she's called that, but uh, there you go. She says she has friends in Tor, so um, if you get there, if she gets there first, uh, they'll find a way. At least she'll find a way to repay you, unless you, you are already like on a mission from God, and that's enough. <laughs> God always accepts donations. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, it's frowned upon not to contribute. <laughs> this door here was was quiet, but we got two more doors here. We're being heroes and all, but going door by door is going to deplete our... It's going to deplete my ability to deal with the mistress. The doors to the left 
uh, in the corridor uh, are I, uh, pretty much identical to the uh, like guest room number six. So wh- while they appear to be locked, if you check them, the, I mean, the chances that you will find anything you in there very low. So once she's out, we, we well, I guess we go up to the intersection here, the T intersection, and Jorlax will will stuff the wine bottle down his uh, pack. I'll lean close to him. You know, that's probably not wine. So he pulls it out. It's like, nonsense. Look, it's it's uh, still sealed with wax. Look here. And uh, he shows you the label. You think it says elf something? I don't read elvish. Oh, it's not in elvish. It's uh, it's uh, uh, Jorish, Jorish uh, writing. But you're not very good at it, so... I got two in Jorish. Maybe. You think no, it says... not even. Not even. I have a 20. Nope. It might, yeah, it probably says elf piss. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, to the to the intersection. Why do they need writing on it when you can just look at it and see what it is? <laughs> Once you come up to the intersection where where it, it turns left, uh, you can see there's another T intersection farther ahead, and there's also a like a what seems like a spiral staircase leading down uh, further up. I don't know where she is now, but she was down a few minutes ago, so we need to go down. All right, you go down the spiral staircase one by one. Are you still doing the usual marching order with Jorlax, Jorlax first, or is somebody else? Uh... No, no, with him out of the robes, uh, I'm, I'm heading down first. I thought she got her clothes, and so we can put yes. Jorlax back in the robes. Yeah, you could, yeah, you could easily have put that back on. Jorlax, I guess. Fantastic. Okay. So um, you go down the spiral staircase for a little bit, and you enter. There's a corridor. That stretches for about 10, 15 meters, and then there's a T intersection. Like the corridor uh, above, it's kind of the same style. Was once painted white, but it's flaked very strongly. Uh, nothing appears to be lit. Speed run this, head down and head east. Yeah. So you see a door to the east, and you see there's further like tunnels and, and um, corridors leading off to the west and south in the other direction. I'm going to put my ear to the door and listen. Maybe you can actually hear like faint chanting or some, some sort of uh, maybe prayer or something like uh, several voices repeating something, but it's, it's faint. You don't think it's on the other side of this door. Yeah. I relay that to the others. Well, sure. Well, all right. Uh, so he tries the door. This one's locked. It doesn't look very sturdy though. We could break it down quietly. Do you kick, kick quietly? If the vampire had some position as a higher priest, we should have searched his belongings, seeing if he had keys. I mean, we would have searched his body. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. How about a search roll with a minus and see if that... No, just make a... Everyone can do a search roll. And if anyone gets a success, then yeah. Yeah, he had a a key to the main passages. (laughs) Not me. Nope. Okay, Jorlax succeeds if you fail. Of course, he looted the body. And then he's like, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, digs into his, uh, not fanny pack, but equivalent, like, pulls out the key. Like, oh, I wonder if tries it's like, ah. Oh. I give him some side eye, you know. Open the door. See, I told you, 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 you wouldn't be able to make this, this journey without me at all. Okay, you're, you're so lucky I'm here. So he opens up the door and strides in, and you can see there's a stair uh, leading up. Um, to the to the left in the in the corridor, uh, to the immediate right, there's a door uh, similar to the one you just came through, and straight ahead there's a 
slightly more ornate door, um, although similar size. It's inlaid with uh, bronze. It probably has like figures. It's meant to be maybe demon figures or something. Yeah, and I guess the chanting may be more audible now, you know. Fana, fana, yeah, go yeah little, little, little bit, little bit. You know, Dorlex like, uh, well, that goes, goes up to the stair, looks up the stair, looks back at you guys, does the whole, like, okay sign, and then goes up to the other door, like, does the, the shrug, like, should I? Give it a try. So, door appears to be locked, he sticks the key in there, door opens, he steps in. And anyone who steps even remotely inside this room, a somewhat expansive like hallway. That's 15 meters across. That's a hell of a big room. Yeah, it's a large room. Uh, to right and left of, of each of the, the three doors into this room, uh, or out of this room, uh, there are flaming braziers. The walls have been painted in uh, there are ancient frescoes so they've they've, they're somewhat washed out and faded but uh there's a lot of red like think uh think like old roman or ancient indian uh wall paintings in caves or or in 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 like a fancy mansion they're grotesque they they depict uh naked humans bowing or or kneeling before demons or demonic beings the uh, south wall is dominated by a large black cabinet. To the north, there's a double door, similar to um, the door you went in through, but larger and more more imposing. And the noise of the the re- repeating um, kind of chant uh, is definitely coming from there. Big black cabinet, made of wood. You think so? Probably lacquered wood, painted wood. And the braziers are full of burning coals. Uh, yeah. Any tongs around? No? Oh, I'll take, a, take my dagger, <laughs> stick a coal, burning wait, coal, wait, and... Wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's take a look at what this cabinet has in it. I pull the coal off the dagger. Okay. Sure. Stand and keep an eye at the other door. She so wants me to keep an eye on the doors. Okay, okay. I can keep an eye on the doors. No problem. I mean, I, I'm, I'm eagle-eyed. I mean, that's basically my nickname and so forth, right? He doesn't shut up. So looking at the cabinet... It appears to be unlocked. It has several compartments, and it is stuffed to the brim with stuff you would assume are like ritual stuff, like uh, black wax candles, flint and steel, incense. Uh, might be valuable if you want to stuff it in your pocket. Um, you see some uh, like ritual knives of bronze, deeply carven and intricate. Those would be valuable as well. Some uh, pots of lamp oil. Uh, by the smell, hmm. and rope. Okay. It's always useful. Metal pots or clay pots? Uh, clay. Some of that rope? Right. There are two lengths of rope, each is 10 meters in, in length. You only need about 5 centimeters to make a proper Molotov cocktail. That with a loose piece of cloth. Well, let's go see if we can find some targets for these. Right, so each pot, just so you're aware, like each pot uh, is... It's like tw- it's a large ass pot full of oil. Uh, so it's not like a little. It's like a little flask of oil, D and D flask of oil. Right? It's it's like you have to hold it in your chest, in in your arms, if you want to carry it. So we heard the the chanting from which these doors then. The double doors up north. Okay. Well, let's just just in case we need um, let's like take a couple of those pots and position them close to those doors. Sure. <laughs> 
not. I actually, I, I'll motion Zygmunt up. Do you understand what they're saying? Can I hear well enough to try to? Pretty considerable speak jewelry, right? 17 or something. Yeah. Right? Uh, well, you, it's tough to make up distinct words, but it's definitely chanting coming up from uh, from there. But by the cadence, you would say it's probably some sort of archaic uh, regional dialect, not something that is spoken commonly or contemporarily. They're saying, uh, Kashim, Kashim, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. <laughs> so I guess it doesn't sound like they're just right the other side of the door. It does sound like they, somewhere beyond the door, you, you don't think they're like waiting precisely on the other side of the door, mm-hmm. but but they're definitely in the next room, right? And by the, I think there's probably a little echo coming through, uh, given the the stony nature of these corridors. So it's probably a large space. Oh yeah, she's she is definitely here. Yeah. Does uh, either one of you want to uh, go sneaking in there invisibly? That would be helpful. Is that what you're, you want to do, Yana? I'll take the invisibility. Okay. First we'll have uh, Jor see if he can just open the the door quietly. And, you know, just a little bit, see if it draws any attention. But first, you got to do your spell. And that's going to be a level three. Mm-hmm. Oh! I'll spend a hero point to succeed. So, Jan is now invisible. I'll let them get ready for, for violence while I go. Weigel, we are here to uh, defend uh, your followers against the forces of demons and undead. Please give me strength to fight them. I've never prayed to you before. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, you feel Weggle's uh, aura of authority and um, glory uh, pour into you and out from you as uh, the the uh, symbol activates. Uh, Yana, drop an arrow, would you? And as soon as you drop an arrow, I'll, I'll pick it up and say, all right, Jarl, how's good your throwing arm? He produces a throwing knife and you know, shrugs. Pretty good. No, no. Arrow. Set of fire. I reach down, pick up one of the barrels. I, my my throwing arm is good, too. Barrels. J- the the big old ju- oil jug. Uh, you're going to be able to throw that maybe eight meters, if if you really try. It's going to be super easy to avoid, too. So That's okay. It will break on the contact and splash oil everywhere, and then you throw a flaming arrow into it. You have to make a flaming arrow, then. There's braziers right next to the door. It's not like it'll start burning. Yeah, you know, pop the lid, dip one in. There you go. No burn. So you want to set you want to set the oil on fire while you're holding this big thing that you have to hold. No, 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 no. I'm giving him the arrow that he can light a fire. I'm just going to throw it in in the middle of the, in the middle of the congregation, and then he can throw the arrow into the into the very large pool of broke of oil on the floor. What? It sounds complicated. Why don't we just throw a torch? <laughs> <laughs> you get into this complicated conversation, right? For Wiggle's sake, Yana, go do your stuff. You too. Gerald, open the door. I stand up to the side. I got the got the jug in my hand. Don't don't start with the fire. God damn it, Esco, why are you <laughs> fucking everything up? <laughs> <laughs> so Jorlex is like, he's a half orc, he can't help it. So he opens the door crack for Yana. <laughs> do I need to sneak to not be heard or are they? Uh, sure, but you can take a, a ten point bonus uh, for the attention being completely diverted elsewhere. 
and being invisible so nobody's looking for you, right? Now, tw- 20 still fails, though, right? Uh, yes. And uh, if this pushes your sneak above 20, then a 2, if you roll a 2, you should roll again. So, All right. Normal success, not a perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, cool. So what you see uh, is you see a a huge room, large vaulted ceiling. There are braciers, burning braciers to right and left of this little short corridor uh, that you have to go through. Um, to right and left, the dots here uh, are uh, tall pillars uh, and what looks like weird fir trees up top are appear to be pits um and there appear to be appears to be fire some sort of huge bonfire at the bottom of these pits you can see occasionally little flames leaking up as if from somewhere deep below um there's a raised platform and on the platform is the most demonic incarnation of koshem that you've ever seen uh it's, it looks an awful lot like like Surt, Surter from from the Marvel movies, like the fire giant, almost like he's made of black black magma and with glowing red eyes, hold like a flaming sword, figuratively or or symbolically anyway, in, in in the statue form. Where you see the twenty-seven thing in the middle of the room, there are about twelve people uh, arrayed in kind of an, an irregular semicircle. Uh, they're all wearing. Uh, black uh, cloaks and hoods. They are chanting. Uh, some of them are holding their their arms up as if in some sort of religious outpouring. On the platform itself, you can see a uh, beautiful woman, young maybe, uh, difficult to tell. She's kind of has this ageless quality about her. She's wearing nothing but like a like a silken slip about her loins and her. Arms and chest are are spattered with blood. She has a, a knife in one hand, and at her feet uh, is the body of. I think it might be by the by the looks of a dirty robes. You think it might be one of the priests or acolytes from the mountain temple that you went to, uh, whom she has just butchered, presumably a sacrifice. There is uh, a young forest barbarian woman on her knees at the the leftmost uh, tip uh, of this like uh, group of worshippers. Hands are bound, and uh, she appears to be like waiting to be the next sacrifice. What do you do? What's about the distance between, say, here and there? It's about 15 meters, so it's a, it's a considerable distance. 45 feet. So getting cover is going to be a bit of a difficulty you can easily sneak behind the pillars if you want to it's there's if you put yourself flat <laughs> like against the past the pillars okay so the range is 135 meters in this uh, short bow in the extreme but it, this is well within your normal uh okay. like shooting ability yes i'll go up this uh left side and i'll get myself between the third and the fourth pillar counting down from the top, and I'm going to aim on the high priestess, on the sorceress. Okay. She uh, uh, seems to uh, come out of some sort of, like, heady, ecstatic reverie after her sacrifice, addresses the crowd, and she's speaking the same kind of ancient um, 
regional dialect. Uh, it's a little too difficult for you to pierce. You maybe know a few words here and there. Uh, and she points to the, the the girl, the forest barbarian girl, to be brought forth. I guess everybody else in room 20 is waiting for a signal, waiting for me to give a signal, so fire. So take your your attack with a with an aim. Uh, actually, uh, you can add another plus three, so plus eight all told, considering you have an un- unaware <laughs> target. And since my short bow is an 11, and we're at plus eight, you say? Yep. Excellent. I'm no longer invisible. You satisfied? Would you like to spend a hero point? Uh, any any other? Yeah, let's go ahead and spend that hero point. That's a perfect success, then. Give me a d20. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Max damage? Uh, yeah, it's seven, right? Oh, for the folks at home, we just rolled a 20 for the hit location. Okay, so she's tougher than I thought. She is a she is a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Still, I think uh, you, you peg her, like, in the throat. Uh, and she gurgles uh, instead of saying the last syllable of her command and clutches her neck. And amazingly, she sways but remains upright and turns to you with, like, just a death stare. Okay, now, guys, grab the oil. <laughs> yeah, I got. I have one, and I'm just kicking the door open and running in, and I'm just flinging it at the back of that smiley face of, of dudes. I'm pushing Jordan to do the same, and I got the torch. Okay, cool. Yeah, I make a strength roll to, to get it where you want it. I'm going to do the same for Jor. Relax. He succeeds. I succeed. Oh, yeah, perfect. Not a perfect success, but it, it's great that you succeed. And then give me a, a normal like dex roll to hit where you are supposed to. And I succeed. Yes, successes are around. Fantastic. The pots smash uh, right around the feet of the the surprised cultists, and then come the <laughs> uh, the torch and uh, whoosh flame jets up and like a good eight of them uh, catch fire chaos and mayhem ensue they start they start dashing in different directions and it let's do uh initiative so this is uh Jor- whoa jorlex is is mr super fast you rolled a d20 oh, you are right here we go more reasonable jesus <laughs> still good <laughs> still good still disgustingly good yeah uh, then we have, um, I'll do a combined for the crazy, the, the cults, the cultists who are not on fire. Oh, they're pretty fast too. Oh, she's fast. Of course she's fast. Uh, she, okay. All right. So all the fast ones are here. Okay. And then there's a secret NPC. I'm going to see what. Wait, what motion, what Koshim's going to roll? Yeah, yeah. Top of the order. Uh, we have 21 is the highest for everybody, right? So Yana's 21. 21 for both uh, Jorlax and the Priestess. And then we have 18, which was the, they call them cultists. And 16, no, Eskel. Eskel was faster. And then, 17. And then secret NPC. Yeah, 15 is the, the only one remaining, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sigmund. So Yana uh, and Jorlax and the Priestess, you go all at once, but for the sake of resolving this in an orderly fashion, we're going to go with the, the order of the, the list. So, 
you will declare and do your thing, but it's going to happen at the same time as Dorlax and the priestess doing their things. And I take it, and the cultists are on fire, like two on one side and two on the other side, and all the rest are burning in the middle? Yeah, yeah. Well, in the middle, they're they're kind of running around like burning chickens. <laughs> For my action declaration, uh, there's not really going to be any time to aim, so I would like to make a standard attack and then get total cover behind the pillar, if possible. That works. I assume you're aiming for the priestess. Yes. She needs to go down. Hey. All right, success. Cool. Uh, give me another d20. 20, 20. Oh, well. Uh, okay, you peg her in the arm, right arm, uh, d6 plus one. That's her dominant arm. It is. Oh, that's pretty bad. One she's cutting throats with. <laughs> Recapitulating all my good shots this campaign. Getting people in the arms, getting people in the heads. <laughs> okay, so let's see if she... Yes, okay. So, uh, we see it hit, we see her jerk, we don't see anything else as yet. Uh, then we have Jorlax. Jorlax is going to I guess, dash forward and become an engaged in <laughs> some sort of fencing match with one of the priests who are not running away fire on fire, right? Is he breaking right or breaking left? Which side were you? It doesn't matter. He go, goes to the right side for the nearest priest. They square off, but they're n- neither of them is doing any, anything as yet. So the priestess. The priestess is... Uh, but you hit her. So you think she begins, she looks at you with that death stare and, and she starts to uh, move her hands and there's like there's bloody froth coming out of, up from between her lips and she's clearly about to like do something to you, magical, some spell or something, but then your arrow hits her arm and she's distracted and like, ah! So that was good. Cultists. So uh, we're going to have one cultist dash for Jorlax, successfully attacks Jorlax. Jorlax is going to have to defend himself. Uh, he fails. He's struck in the head. He's wearing his helmet. So it's a D6. Even though it's a six, it doesn't get past his... Right, I shouldn't even... The arm absorption is six. So conks him on the head. <laughs> Jorlax possibly like ducks his head so that it hits the helmet. Or not, we don't know. Like, maybe he would just misstepped. So he's a lucky bastard. Um, the other cultists, I think there's a second one that goes for, for Jorlax, succeeds in his attack, hits it's his abdomen, his gut, where he has his, his chain mail. So that's lucky. <laughs> if he rolls a six, he can, he can has a, have a chance to... No, he doesn't. Okay, so, um, so he's hammered by those two. Uh, the, the cultists have these like bronze short swords, uh, very archaic, probably more for ritual purpose. So they're, they're like slamming him with those, but, but they're not getting any. One, one stabs up in his belly. It doesn't go anywhere. The other two rush to meet probably Eskel. Definitely have my scutum in, uh, on one arm, so I'm prepared. So first one uh, tries to attack you. You easily position yourself out of, out of reach. The other attack succeeds. Uh, you can... Now, since you have a, she- a weapon and a shield, uh, you can use your shield to parry your weapon to attack if you want to, so you don't have to choose whether to parry or... yeah. Uh, using the shield. Okay. Yep, success. Excellent. His paltry weapon is not enough to damage your shield, so don't worry about that. And since he's now open, I'm swinging at him. Excellent. So that's a 15 or less. 
Yeah, exactly. Fifteen. <laughs> cool. He's used his action, so uh, you hit him. Twenty. Ten. Ah, okay. In roll a d20, see where I hit this poor son of a bitch. Where the <laughs> hell's a one? It's foot. The left leg. Yeah, you know, you know that wonderful feeling you have when you like smash a knee in the wrong direction, uh, and everything goes crunch. And yeah, that happens, and he falls, screeching. Um, he is totally and completely incapacitated. Like, it just either faints dead away from the pain, or or is just yelping on the floor. Great. Secret NPC moves up. Sigmund. How big is the uh, the priestess? I think she's pretty modest sized. Ten. Still a four. Okay. Just a slip of a girl. Just because she's not a hulking brute like you. <laughs> I guess I'll try to lift her. That's my only move I got. <laughs> you could leap toward her. <laughs> and then what? <laughs> oh, excellent. Fantastic. Uh, remember to mark uh, experience for all of these skills, guys, um, just so you know. I lift her up and am moving her towards the ner- nearest flaming pit. Fantastic. Yes, yeah, so you, you can move her to the nearest flaming pit so above it this round. Make sure you turn her upside down. Hey, this is not my first rodeo. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Next round, everything happens all at once for Yana, Jorlax, and the Priestess, but we start with Yana. Probably don't know yet that she's being levitated, so I step out from cover, and if I see her, I put off another shot, get back in cover. Okay. Pretty good. Oh, you succeed. So nine is your hit location? Abdomen. Gut. Finally. <laughs> Body. So you put an arrow in her, uh, in her side, probably, and it's probably not totally in the center, but uh, kind of like lodges, you know, in, in some of the some of the lean tissue in one of her sides, um, kind of halfway through, so it pokes out your typical, like, Rambo wound, right? So let's see. She's still up. Okay. Cool. So that happens. Jorlax uh, attempts to viciously murder the cultists, one of the cultists. <laughs> He's not very good at it. Well, they're, they're you know, mo- mobile little bastards, right? They're not weighed down with armor and stuff. You know, they're totally worthy opponents. It has nothing to do with his potential incompetence. The priestess. Where to begin? I don't think this is a fast spell. Oh, yes, it is. Okay. She zeroes in on Sigmund, extends a hand. And... Why don't protect me? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, oh, that's good, actually. I, let's see if she can do it. Because you, you did activate that thing. Uh, where is the resistance? Give me that thing. Here we go. No, she cannot. She can certainly <laughs> not. Wiggle bitch slaps her. Yep. She reaches out a hand and she attempts to close it. And then she grimaces as if in extreme disgust uh, and hatred. Blood pouring out of her mouth uh, and like her face contorted. As I smile, lowering her closer into the pit. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So the cultists... Um, First one attacking Jorlax, succeeds, hits in... No, it's his chest. Okay. He's a lucky, lucky bastard. <laughs> D6, right? And if he if he gets six... Yes, he does. So Jorlax uh, stabs again uh, up in the abdomen, up in the, up in the chest, and Jorlax ah, 
takes it like a man. It probably hurts like hell. Other cultist attacks. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, he gets a perfect success, and he hits Jorlax. Uh, he hits Jorlax in his left arm, and that's max damage, which is six. Some point, Jorlax forgot he has a shield, small shield. He does. He's just uh, just conserving it for the other guy. <laughs> oh, hold on. He t- you you were right. He took. He did already take a hit. So let's see if he can parry this thing before it actually. No, hold on. It was a perfect success. You can't parry that. So that's why we didn't do that. Don't don't make me second guess myself. <laughs> but he could have parried the first one. He could have, but he he chose not to. So it's a it's a bad. Uh, I think it's a stab uh, to the uh, to the upper arm. It starts bleeding pretty badly, and uh, you know, Jorlex like ah, staggers back. His arm goes a little more slack. Like he's clearly not going to be able to use that much more in the middle of this. Uh, the other cultists attack uh, Mr. Eskel. They're completely and utterly incapable of of connecting. So I killed one already. So remember, remember one's out. Oh yeah, yeah. I would love to be able to do a shield rush, but that that's a totally separate attack. So I'm just going to bash him with the you know. Hit a roll for location. I wrote just I should be doing doing it that way in the sixteen, which is just beneath the head. I think. Yep, it's it's his chest. You smack him right in the in the chest for nine. <laughs> you probably crunch. Like, <laughs> crunch a bunch of ribs. He wheezes and goes down, and is unfortunately for him still conscious and is just like he's on the floor there, like. <gasps> It's a pretty hor- horrific sight. I'm going back up Jorlak uh, because he he needs help. Uh, secret NPC moves up. Uh, Sigmund, BBQ time. Yeah, <laughs> down into the fire. So uh, you hear uh, her screaming, but it's more in rage than it is in pain. Just at the the indignity and the the disgust of being thwarted. That should do. At least one d6. Three. Let's see if she can withstand that, or if yes, she can. She's she's taken the kind of beating that you would not expect from any normal human being. This is either a very powerful sorceress or not human. So top of the order, Yana. Okay. How far down in the pit is she? Well, you can't see her uh, anymore. She's probably halfway down. I'm, and I'm trying to put her right in the middle of the, the hottest yeah. flame, so she'd be surrounded by flame. So, we still got two cultists on Jorlax. Of course, we've also got the guys that are on fire. Yeah, they are, you know, they're running around, they're trying to pat at their robes. Uh, one of them is teetering on the edge of a fire pit, probably falling in next round. You know, it's they're kind of like, they're not a threat right now, right? Uh, within the next minute or so, like, they're not going to be a an issue. Minute or so. Okay. Then I'll take one of Jorlax's ones. Okay. And then move up one pillar. Oh yes, closer to the front of the room. Excellent. Take your shot. Oh, very good. Roll a d20. See where you strike this toit. Headshot. Well, that is close quarters combat. It's actually the chest in in um, distance. Yeah, you need 18, I think. No, 19 to 20 to get the head otherwise. Okay, so you peg him in the back. He loses his breath, staggers, but is still upright. One of his lungs is going to collapse, but he hasn't fallen down Indeed. yet. 
Jorlak, get him! Uh, right, so... <laughs> Jorlak's <it's> like, aha! <laughs> I'm not going to come out of this without having having killed anyone. <laughs> so, attacks that guy. Succeeds! Ooh! He... The cultist hasn't acted yet, so uh, let's see if he can defend himself. Yes, he can. <laughs> Poor Jorlak's. <laughs> So we have the other cultist. Oh, dear. Oh. He gets another perfect attack. <laughs> Which hits... Um, Chest. I think it's an arm. 13 in close... Co- right, his right arm. Okay. So it's the other arm. <laughs> <laughs> he got no arms! <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would be Jorlax. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> so six points that incapacitates that arm. So I think he slashes him like uh, diagonally across the the underarm and Jorlax like drops his uh, saber, steps back and it's like, ah! (laughs) Are there shield rush rules in this game? Uh, We can make one up. Because a scutum is fairly large. Yeah, well, Well, basically, am I lucky that they're they're lining up with each other or are they uh, staggered apart? You could position yourself so you can smack them together if you want to. Basically, I'm trying to hit them both with a shield rush. That would be tricky. You might be able to position yourself in a way that you hit hit one so he staggers into the other one. I'll do that. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'm going to say that the guy with the arrow on his back is the one closest, so I'll aim at him and charge! What's your size? 15. And that's higher than your strength, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, do 19 or less. 13. Ta-da! Okay, you you crash into the first one, the first one staggers into the other one, and both of them fall over in a heap. Yeah, very effective. I'm going to stop and stand in front of Jorlax uh, with my shield, basically be his body shield. Sigmund, your, your uh, magic-y, spidery, waggle sense is tingling. And behind you, from the opposite side of the door uh, where, you, where you came into the previous room, the sort of antechamber, a... Tall, powerfully built figure in um, some sort of reinforced leather armor steps forth. He's also pale, has long white hair, death black eyes, pale lips. He has a, some sort of exotic war club in one hand and a uh, curved dagger in the other. Your turn. I go, ah! And uh, how big is he? 16. At the 6th level? Oh man, I can't do 6th level. <laughs> In that case, I'm going to uh, to step farther into the into the room here and try to position myself by the brazier. So if he comes in, I'm going to tip the brazier on him. Perfect. Oh, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm yelling to the other guys, vampire, vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Top of the order. Let's soften up that one that keeps running, keeps rolling. Perfect successes. They're both down in the heap, so... Then uh, I am going to, basically, ready action, I'm going to have an arrow pointed towards the doorway and waiting. That works. Jorlex is going to back away in between a couple of pillars, swearing to himself. The priestess burns. Yeah, amazingly, she is still, still there. Uh, but now she's going to see if she can use that spell other spell the gm chitty spell yeah you could possibly call it dispel that spell <laughs> dispel yeah 
Which level of uh, effect was it? Four. Four. Okay. So let's see. If, first of all, if she's, she does see if she can overcome the effect. No, she does not. But a spell goes out. Um, you, you can feel the, the magic ripples, reverberations of her trying to break your magical hold on her. But uh, wiggle, preserve. Mm-hmm. You manage to resist, so she just burns. The cultists on the floor get up. Eskel. You know what? I, 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 should, I should check if they get up fast. I should be fair. One does. The other does not. So one is up. The other is still on the floor. S- smack the one getting up. Okay. Stay down. Oh, I miss. Uh, do I want to spend a hero point at this point? No, you don't miss. You don't miss. It's a success. Oh, I did. Oh, I'm sorry. I saw your 18 came up. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was a lag. I hit. Yes. Okay. I hit him in the. I hit him in the 10. Uh, left arm. Let's see if he can parry that first. Since he. Well, he we went up. He he attempted to go up. So he's done his thing. I am for six in the arm. Whack. Right. So that goes crack. Let's see if he can wet it. No, no, he's not a tough guy. He falls back uh, with a, a painful yelp and starts bawling on the floor about his twisted arm. Was this the guy shot in the back? Uh, no. So yeah, whack. Yeah, stay down. <laughs> there won't be any problem with that. Secret NPC moves up, comes into the room somewhere between the braziers. Sigmund. Tip a brazier onto him. <laughs> okay. Uh, give me a yeah. Give me a regular strength uh, roll to see if you're strong enough to do it fast and and efficiently. Um, okay. But I'd like to spend something. Yeah, we'll spend a hero point to tip the brazier onto him because vampires usually don't like fire. No, they don't. Let's call that double fire damage. Uh, so we'll double that to five, ten, general. Uh, it's got leather, though. I'm going to count that for the first. So eight. But he still has exposed, like, he has his hands are exposed, his neck and face are exposed, like, stuff like that. Still getting burnt. And top of the order, Yonam. All right. Am I considered to have aim active yet? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I totally forgot that you were waiting. So um, he goes into the room. The uh, bracer is pushed over him. You get to shoot. Right? Okay. Sorry, I totally forgot. My my main question is: Am I am I already in aim mode, or yes. I need to do another round? Okay, so I, I think I think we're we can be generous here. I'm going for the heart shot again. Okay, since the word has been used, so that's a, just going to be a straight short bow roll. Okay. Uh, you could make it a guaranteed heart shot if. And I am going to go ahead and spend the hero point. Yes, fantastic. So chunk it uh hits uh some sort of crease <laughs> or chink in his reinforced leather hits him straight in the heart Ooh. you know he staggers in motion for a moment and then he like falls backwards in the burning coals yay <laughs> among the hot coals <laughs> and now next round uh yana i'm going to advance and i'm going to draw my broadsword yeah, Jorlex isn't doing much. Uh, sitting down against the wall, uh, the priestess burns. Okay, still pretty bad. So, uh, okay, but she spent she spent uh, psychic power to use the spell. Her intermittent, outraged screaming reaches a kind of pitch 
and then they go they go silent. The final cultist uh, sort of crawls backwards away from you, uh, Eskol, uh, mumbling uh, something about you being a fool, not knowing what you're what you're messing with, and and uh, attempting to call down the the wrath of Koshem uh, upon you. Clearly, he's not a wizard, uh, sorcerer, demon summoner, or anything. So, it's not a sound mind anymore either. No. In fact, I should actually I should actually roll to see whether or not. Um, Okay. Amazingly, he is not discouraged by the by the incapacitation of his head priestess. Yeah, he's sort of somehow still under the impression that you know you you, you should be afraid. <laughs> I walk over, put my foot on his chest, take careful aim, and I'm going to try to, to try to knock his head. You know, you know, push him to the floor. I'm going to basically do a golf move and try to drive his head into the, into one of those pits. Oh, it may not work. <laughs> All right, you you can make a symbolic roll. Watch you roll a one. Nope, I got an eight. That's still good enough. Smack, <laughs> crack. Uh, you crack his head all over the floor, and I'll make a little like morale check for the. Okay, so the others, uh, the ones who are on fire, like they are are either teetering and falling into the fire pits, or they are you know clawing at the pillars trying to climb out of here, or they're dashing through the trying to dash through the, the between the brassiers and, and past the vampire to get out of here. I'm going to take care of Jorlax. Okay. I have to say, I uh, make a gesture asking Zygmunt, do you want me to take this head off? If you can. I, well, we should... He might go back to the mist and go back to his coffin, so we want to take care of his coffin beforehand. All right, I'll look at him. So why, is it, why does the arrow in his heart do it? Make him pass out like that. Yeah, it's, it would take too long to explain. <laughs> you want you want to help out uh, Jorlax there? Um, yeah. Sigmund? Okay. So, yeah, give me a first aid, Mr. Sigmund. Ah, success. Fantastic. Okay. So you, you managed to bind um, uh, Jorlax's wounds pretty quickly, efficiently, um, with what you have on hand. <laughs> He's really pissed and in pain. So, you know, there's that. But, you know, he's not going to die. He's not going to bleed to death. Anything like that. He's just going to need rest to get his arms back. The barbarian woman, is she like in the corner someplace out, out of the way? or? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She She's slipped in between a couple of the pillars and uh, sort of crouching there, uh, watching everybody. We freed Redtop. She's, she's, she's trying to head back to Tor... To- Okay, so she speaks kind of half Jorish and half Prangy, so half what she's saying isn't intelligible to you. Uh, it is to Yana, though. But she says, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, she, she doesn't know. She doesn't know a red top. <laughs> I'd approach safely, I'd check the priestess's fire pen. Uh, it's smoking. It looks uh, pretty bad. There's a darker shape in there. There's a large like bonfire at the bottom. Uh, and there's a shape on it that isn't moving, and just the flames are licking all over it. I'll lift it up to see if it's done. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are awful. <laughs> I walk over and I look at the statue of Koshem. The uh, it, it's not like nothing I've seen in the temple. Am I correct? Uh, no, it was not like the the image on the door. Uh, the the illusion image on the door at the temple. That image was more um, like a primary color black man 
uh, with a beard and glowing red eyes, right? Or red eyes or whatever, right? This is like the like magma demon version. Does he have eyes like made out of jewels? No, no. This is uh this is a uh, painted. Oh, it's just a statue. Yes, painted statue. And break the head off. I get on one side and start and start pushing. Think I can push this over? Uh, okay. Um, Don't hurt yourself. Three or less. Three or less, and you succeed. Hey, I got some hero points left. What the hey? Yeah, totally. If you want to. In balance with the temple of Wagle that they destroyed. You know what? I'm going to spend that hero point. Ah! Oh, amazingly, <laughs> just to topple the statue. Uh, and it probably breaks into three large pieces. The head should fall on the pits. Sure, sure. Let's go find the other coffin and oh yeah, take care of that. All right. So, uh, in order to speed this up a little, uh, I'm gonna uh, since you have um, time now, uh, you've driven the cult uh, into hiding. You've incapacitated both of the vampires. You have the time to go and look throughout the entire complex. Going through everything, eventually, you know, you find there's a there's a an, a cesspit that you can go down to. There are several exits. Uh, there are an awful lot of tombs with sarcophagus sarcophagi which are sealed, possibly magically sealed. There are cells, and in a few of the cells, you you can you you find um, uh, two surviving priests from the uh, mountain temple who were taken from there um, while the others were slaughtered. Right. Uh, and they were going to be the next sacrifices. Uh, at the very bottom, in, in a torture chamber over here, you find the badly tortured body of Arnod, the um, uh, demon hunter. He's still alive, but he's unconscious uh, with some... Give him some aid. Cool. So you save his life. Bit of a surprise to see him here. Yeah. I mean, he's he's still going to end up getting his head chopped off. But, sure, you know, sure. It'd be tortured. <laughs> it's all up to you, right? Um, so you find a number of rooms. You know, going through this calmly and methodically, you find some some doors that were not exactly secret, but partially hidden, kind of like the door you came in through. Uh, and you see, you find a treasure room which has two chests full of full of coin. Uh, it's a small fortune probably the equivalent to like 2,000 silver coins and probably another 1,000 in jewels. Uh, you find a, on level one, you find a reading room, which is like a, this is a proper library for this this setting, which means it's a, it's a whole room and it's stacked from, from floor to ceiling with scrolls and books. And there are hundreds of scrolls. There are possibly 40, 50 books uh, and one shelf on on this uh, in this room is a collection of, of messages from other cultists in other parts of of uh, Altor. And interestingly, you find a correspondence from Lady Sedea to a Cathy uh, Lom, Cathy Loom, actually, presumably somebody here, explaining that she is coming for uh, you know the festival and to enjoy it as it. Uh, to to celebrate it in the proper way, in in caution's way, right? There's corroboration that, uh, yeah, you were dealing with a de- demon cult, uh, yeah, person uh, there. Arnold's actions still weren't, you know, advisable, maybe, but but actual actual cultist. 
there there's a wealth of stuff there that alone that library alone could set you up for for a good long time if you wanted to like sell off scrolls if you're a little more more selfish oriented like you could mm-hmm. since you are probably going to get a property you could move slowly a lot of this stuff to your property in the Torsberg area and use it as a yeah thank All you right. very much Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I hope you had fun. Um, yep. Catch you catch you next week then, and we can we can get to specifics and such. No, it's not Mass Effect. We're not having sex with every, every alien creature out there. That is not an obligatory part of Mass Effect. <laughs> not according to my friends who played the game. It's the tag where I mentioned you can go to our page at sunday-skypers.podbean.com, find links to all of our episodes, links to our Facebook page and MeWe page. You can email us at sundayskypers at zoho.com. It'd also be nice if you gave us a rating or review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. And that's all I got.